uh, somebody last week told me they didn't even know I could uh, read because so, I usually read one scripture and then I talk about it. But I'm going to be reading predominantly during the services. Why? Because I don't think there's anything better. There is, there is nothing more powerful than the Word of God. And as you hear the Word of God, not of Wayne Holland shed, but as you hear the Word of God, I ask you to forget the people next to you. I ask you to forget your children, your spouse, your grandparents, because Jesus Christ is talking to you and you personally. He is talking to you. And apply this to you. You know, don't think, well, I hope Joe hears this. No. You just focus on you and what God is saying to you because he is talking to you. The whole book, not just the red letters, but the whole book is talking to you. It is so easy to be distracted and says, yeah, I know Joe over there. Boy, he really needs this. I wish he'd have been here this morning. No. Think of yourself and try to isolate yourself. I can't change you. I can't change this person over here. I can't do it. You're not going to be able to change that person. So look at yourself and think about where you might feel a, a tinge of, ooh, that hurt. Because we're talking to you. We, Jesus Christ, and I'm blessed to be the one reading it. But it's Jesus Christ that's talking to you and will each and every Sunday, now through Easter. I'm going to begin today, and obviously I can't go through all the letters, but I would sure hope you would when I say the letters, the red letters. And today I'm going to start with Matthew 6, chapter the ninth verse, 19th verse. Do not store up for yourself treasures on earth where moths and, and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. I hear the Bible's turning great. I'm on the 19th, 20th verses in Matthew chapter 6. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there is where your heart is. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and you will despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. When I was torn between giving up the insurance business that I had for 45 years or just totally commit myself to the service of the Lord, Jim Waldo reminded me of that verse. You cannot serve both God and money. And after we had that visit, it wasn't too long that I decided just to shut the doors to the agency. Only one master. Only one master. And too many times our master becomes where our money is instead of where our heart is. And I'll repeat something I said last week 
in that. Please, don't try to analyze this to death. This is not a science experiment in which you've got to analyze every little part of it and document it. This worked, this didn't work. No, come to the word of God with your heart. For it's in your heart that he will speak. It's in your heart and in your soul that you will know what is right. You will hear his voice calling to you. No, it won't be loud like mine. It won't be loud like Billy Graham's. But there will be a voice that will tell you, maybe somebody's sitting outside of United Supermarkets and they're just shaking and they're freezing to death and they need a jacket. And some voice tells you, help this person. You'll know it. And the more you listen to his voice, the more you'll know it. You'll know it's no one else's voice but his. And know that no one can serve but one master. Jesus teaches about worry. Therefore, I tell you not to worry, but your life, what will you eat or drink or about your body, what will you wear? It is not, it is, pardon me, is not life more than the food and the body, more than the clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more, much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying at a single life, Can you add one more hour to your life by worrying? You can worry all you want, but will it change things? The truth of the matter is worry is a killer. It's a silent killer because of what it does to your body with the acids, like with cancer. But when we surrender to the Lord, there's happiness and there's peace, no matter what you're going through, no matter how difficult it is. There's a peace when you surrender to him. And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor and spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If if that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, Will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all of these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first. But seek first his kingdom, and his righteousness. And all of these things will be given to you as well. Please remember, these are not suggestions. It's not the ten suggestions. These are promises. He's making to you these promises. Does God ever break his word? He can't. That's impossible for him to do. 
If he breaks his word one time, this whole Bible is worthless. So he has told you, he has told you, seek first his kingdom. Above all else, seek seek his kingdom. Matthew 7, verse 1. Please hear this. And again, he never promised this was going to be simple. Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged, and with the measure you use, it will measure you. Do not judge. It's not our place. For any reason, it is not our place to judge anyone for anything. Because don't we have enough to deal with with dealing with ourselves, our own faults, our own angers, our own fears? Don't we have enough to keep us busy there? So judge not. Judge not. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay, uh, pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when all of the time there is a plank in your own eye? You hypocrites. You hypocrites. First take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. There is nothing in the world wrong, and matter of fact, you get out of boys for asking others to come to church. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Ask them to come to church and worship the Lord with you. But you are not judging. It's not like saying, hey, I'm better than you because I go to church. You're asking them to come to church because you want them to know Jesus Christ. You are asking them because you want them to know the peace and the joy and the happiness even through the troubled times that you know through Jesus Christ. And you want to share it. You want to share it. But judge not anyone. Young people, please hear that. Do not judge anyone in your class. Maybe they don't dress like you, or maybe they, they have some unusual styles about them, but judge not. For everyone that you judge, they could come back and judge you in some way that would be painful also. So judge not. Whether you're in school, whether you're at work, whether you're at home, whether you're in church, judge not. The seventh verse says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks they find, and the ones who knocks the door will be opened. When you seek Jesus Christ, you will find Him. When you knock on the door, anywhere you go, Where you seek Him, you will find Him. He's always there. During your most trying times, maybe you'll get mad at God. 
But let me assure you, He's the one you should be seeking. For He's the one that will give you that strength. You can turn away from Him, but He will not turn against you. And He is the one that will give you that strength and that courage to carry on when you don't think you can take another step. He will give it to you. No one sitting in this room can give you what Jesus Christ gives you. No one can. That's the message we need to share. That's the message we need to take in our heart. That no one can give us the strength that is offered by Jesus Christ. Verse 9 in the seventh chapter. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or ask for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So in everything. Do to others what you would have them do unto you, saith Jesus Christ himself. I'm going to read that again. So in everything, do unto others what you would have them do unto you. For this sums up the law of the prophets. Verse 13. Enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life. And only a few find it. If you took account of those that believed in Jesus Christ and those that did not, or maybe they... uh, they have a passing fancy, if you will. Uh, if it's convenient, they will, or so forth. But if you take the way of this world and the number of people that are worldly, even today there are those that follow the devil that are in hundreds of thousands across the United States, and I read that from Billy Graham. There are those that now worship the devil, whereas before they didn't even mention his name. So wide is the road for those that are not believers. But narrow is the road for you and me that believe in Jesus Christ and and those that we love. Hopefully it will be like with our parents, our children. So we'll have that satisfaction of knowing someday we're going to see those grandkids again because they know of Jesus Christ. But it's a narrow gate. Because the worldly are following the road of destruction. You're going to have problems. It's a given. As I look around the room, like I said, I see so many of you are hurting. But you also have Jesus Christ. I tore up my ankle one time and they put me on uh, crutches. Well, I've messed up my life many a times. And what was given to me 
was the love of Jesus Christ and his forgiveness. And that was a lot sturdier than those crutches that were given to me. Jesus Christ is there to lean on and to love and to worship. Jesus teaches about fruit in people's lives. The 15th chapter, the 7th, pardon me, the 15th verse of the 7th chapter. Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit, you will recognize them. Inwardly, they are, excuse me, by the fruit you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, Every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good fruit, a good fruit cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree, every tree that does not bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every excuse me. Got back on the wrong line. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by the fruit, you will recognize them. I had a very good friend in Lubbock that was a very, 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 very hard-working cotton farmer. And he had a chance to buy a few acres. You know, I don't know how many hundreds of acres he had in cotton. But he only had a few acres, let's say five acres of, of grapevines. He kept that thing about three years, and he sold it. He said it takes too much time to nourish those things, and you have to have an expert that knows how to trim the, the grapevines each and every year so they can cut off that bad fruit. That's a big part of, of a, a good vineyard is they know what to cut off. The, the, it's just kind of like a rose bush you might have at your house that never bears a rose. You cut it off. The same thing with you and me and with false prophets. And you've seen them. I've been in the coffee shop when someone is spouting something that is not even close to biblical. Be careful. That doesn't mean you have to confront them. It doesn't mean you have to be mean to them. It doesn't mean like you come across, I know better than you do. I'm smarter than you are. But beware, there are those that would be around you and maybe their intentions are good, but they are false prophets. And yes, Bill Howard and I have had this discussion. There are false prophets that write books false prophets that are on TV, so you need to be aware of it. Have your guard up. False prophets will lead you astray just as the devil would with somebody else that says, hey, let's go out tonight and just have one fantastic drunk evening. False prophets. False prophets. Beware of false prophets. 
Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Beware of false prophets. Beware. And finally, and it's kind of like a preacher said, just because I said finally doesn't mean I'm going to quit. Jesus teaches about building on a solid foundation. And every one of us needs to hear this. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who builds his house upon a rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house. Yet it did not fall because its foundation is on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice like a foolish man who built his hand his house on the sand. The rain came down and the streams rose and the winds blew and, the blew and it beat against the house and it fell with a great crash. Your body is that house. Your spirit, your soul, what is it based on? Is it based on this? Is it based on the Word of God? Is that what you've built your house on? Then don't worry. When the storm comes, you're well planted. But if it is not planted on the Word of Jesus Christ, you've got reason for concern. There will be those times that you just personally do not feel like and maybe you can't take another step. There are those times I know Jesus Christ. He's a big part of my life, and I'm not putting myself ahead of any of you. But I know there were times in the last month I did not think I could take that next step. But I had Jesus Christ, and I got to a good doctor and a good hospital. I did not tumble and stay in the floor. And I am not the only one in, in this room. And from the possibility of embarrassing some of you, I'm not going to call your name. But you have been there. You know what it's like. And you know when you build that house on the rock of Jesus Christ, there is going to be a better day. This day is not the last day. For I believe in Jesus Christ and I will have another day. And the next day is going to be better than today. Because I have turned to His Word. And I trust every word he has in there. And it's not maybe, it's not a possibility. It is the fact. It was the fact when it was written over 2,000 years ago. And it is the fact today. So build your house. The house on the rock. Turn away worries. Turn away talking evil about others. Build your house 
on the rock of Jesus Christ. And your days will have joy. And not only your days, look at the people you affect. Look at the people you touch. Look at the people that look to you. You're thinking about the young people. Because you've got some young people that the younger ones are looking to. So does Misty. They've got leaders in those groups that others look to. So it makes no difference if you're you're 73. I'd stop thinking how old I was. 73 or if you're 23. Somebody is watching you. And what are they going to see? What are they going to hear rolling out of your mouth? What are they going to see when there's somebody that has misfortune? Are they going to see that person mistreating somebody else, making fun of them, abusing them? Or are they going to see somebody with compassion? Build your house on the rock of Jesus Christ. You will never regret that. Never will you regret that. What I regret in my life are those days that I wandered away from Jesus Christ. When I got away from Him and I went the way of the world, that's what I regret. But not one day do I regret that I spent with Jesus Christ. Not one day. So I pray that you will immerse yourself in in the Word. Use this Lenten season You know, any time is good to go to the Word, but it's Lenten season, so use it and study it. Grow in it. And again, absorb it for yourself. Let the others worry about themselves. Take care of yourself and your house and make sure it's built on the rock of Jesus Christ. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you in great gratitude. We come to you saying thank you for your word. And we ask that you forgive us of those times that we do worry, those times that we do not follow your word. We ask your forgiveness. Let us be stronger next time when we are tempted. Let us be stronger so that we will give a stronger witness for you, Lord. You are our leader. You are the one we turn to. You are our salvation. Lord, we love you with all our heart. Forgive us when we're weak. But thank you when you're always there. For this is in the name of Jesus Christ himself.